Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out the One Man Podcast. There's now over 200 episodes and dozens of bonus interviews, all of which are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you know what? If you don't have any of those apps, no big deal, because you can listen anytime at onemanpodcast.com. So be sure to subscribe, because it's always free, and there's a new episode out every Wednesday. And while you're at it, leave a review. It's a great way to help the podcast, and it doesn't cost you a thing. Follow One Man Podcast on all the major socials, and you'll get bonus content and pictures, fun stuff for yourself. And finally, if you have something that you want read on the show, send it to contact at onemanpodcast.com, because if you send it, I'll read it on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercer. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Minute Podcast, episode number 282 for Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. How's it going, onesies? How are you doing? Hey, is this your first time tuning into the One Man Podcast? Uh, what is it? It is me, uh, comedian and uh, human being, earthling Josh Williams, telling you what is going on with me personally, professionally, uh, and then just anything else I want to talk about, because hey, it's my fucking show. Um, so I mean, if it's your first time listening, thanks for checking it out. I appreciate you being here. Um, I am doing this in the middle of the afternoon on a Tuesday, as uh, was the custom for a very long time. And this is now, I think, the third hiatus I'm coming back from for the podcast. Um, I have remedied onesies, the, the reason that I was not able to, to be with you guys for so long. And, um, rather than having this episode being like catching you guys up on everything, um, I've got my desk reclaimed myself. I've got my studio set up again. And, um, despite the fact that I have a meeting in just under two hours, I don't even think I'm gonna get this thing edited before I have to, uh, to, to do that. Um, but I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try. So, um, basically Let's just treat it like I'm just doing this week's episode, which is kind of what I'm at right now. Um, I will be letting you guys know this episode uh, about the gigs I have been doing. I've been back into the marketing world, uh, working my ass off. Um, I uh, I did a few other things this week, too. I did a show. I did a whiskey tasting in Montreal. I uh, was out and about doing some other things. I started watching some some comedy again. And I just, uh, I just was, I also started watching a, a, a fucking amazing documentary on... Uh, what was it? Crave TV called George Carlin's American dream. Absolutely amazing. I can't recommend it enough. And, uh, yeah, some other stuff I've watched. Um, okay. So sorry. I just had a call and I had to deal with something literally like pause the last sentence and try to remember what my energy was like. So that sounded weird. That's what happened. Um, but anyways, I'm going to get into all sorts of different things with you guys. Um, I'm just going to let you know what happened in the last week. And I might even mention some stuff and you're like, fuck, what is that? Yeah. You'll, we'll have to go back and, and explain that in previous episodes. Um, but a quick thing, just so you're not completely confused, I am undergoing a medical, I hate to call it a journey, but I don't know what, it's not a procedure because a procedure is like a, like, oh, I'm going to go in for a day and have certain, that's not it either. Um, I'm doing a medically supervised fasting thing. Okay. And I'm like three weeks into it. So if I reference that shit guys, it's just kind of like where I'm at at that again, I will go back. Um, I should have some time to myself the next few days. Um, I've got a a gig that, that needs my attention. I got two gigs that desperately need my attention and I've been running myself crazy uh, getting them done, but I'm infinitely happier. I'm no longer an employee with Neo, um, which is something I'll say in a few episodes past, but no longer an employee with Neo, but I'm just going to tell you guys what I got here because I got a lot of shit to go through this week. I've been doing so much and I will try to 
make it as clear and concise as possible on the, uh, on Wednesday, the day that the last episode, you know, quote unquote would have, should have at this point, if you're listening three years in the future, you're like, Oh, I don't get it. Everything was there. Hopefully. Right. Knock on wood. And I'm not dead with a podcast. that has got a bunch of fucking holes in it. Uh, like some sort of weird mystery. Um, yeah. So I, um, I worked an Amazon gig. Uh, last week and the final day of it was on Wednesday, uh, basically was going around to different businesses, dropping off Amazon hiring flyers, which, uh, if you think was difficult, I know, you know, again, I'm going to talk about it this week, but again, when I go back to it, I'll be like, Hey, I guess I'm going to mention it again. You're literally going into businesses saying, Hey, Amazon's hiring. Can we leave a bunch of hiring posters for you? Most of the businesses we went into also had hiring things in the window, huge conflict of interest. And I don't know about you guys, or someone's going to come down and crush me from above, but Amazon doesn't have a great reputation as an employer right? You hear people saying things about how their warehouses, they, you know, put the, the punch out clock at the opposite side of the, the warehouse from where their employees work and stuff. We've all heard these stories, whether they're true or not, that is the public opinion just, and, and learning that just from this gig, right? There are people are like, no, we don't want to put that in there. So I was like, all right, uh, tell you what their event is in three days. Can we just leave them here for now? It's super important. And they're having a free barbecue, right? So if anything, just be like, Hey, forget working for them. Free barbecue, huh? 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 And then just see what happens from there. That would be my suggestion. Um, but we managed to bang that out and that was great. I worked with my buddy, Jad and my friend, Brittany. It was great. Had a good time, made some money. Also back to skip the dishes decals. That's the thing I'm doing again as well is, is, um, again, uh, I'm, I'm, who knows what I'm going to say in the previous week. It's gonna be so fucking hard to try to like write a story backwards and be like, all right, I'm gonna tell them where I'm at now, but alluding stuff out is, um, when I left Neo, uh, a lot of the, the, the marketing companies that I worked for were like over the moon to have me back first off making shitloads of money, um, versus what I was making at Neo working infinitely less, um, still working a lot. So I should say that at least now when I'm working like 10, 12 hour days, um, I'm getting paid for it. Right. So all the time that I put in for these, these efforts, I'm getting paid for, which is great. Um, I had to do a bunch of skip the dishes. So for anyone who's new to it, just a quick thing, skip the dishes is basically it's a, it's an online ordering platform. Canadians know what it is. Cause it's a Canadian company. It was actually also the first company to ever create the crowdsource delivery model. So this company skip the dishes. If you're like, Oh, like Uber eats and, and uh, DoorDash and Foodora and Grubhub and all these ones like, yes, except those ones don't exist without skip the dishes. So a little Canadian company, boom. So my job throwing a decal up in the window or decal or whatever people want to call them in the windows, just a little in the window, let you know, Hey, delivering with skip. All right. That's the gig. I get a list of stores, put them all in, get paid per store. Very happy guy. Um, I ended up having to do Gatno the other night. And here's the thing. This is something that I'm recognizing. So again, just to let you guys know, for some context, this, this medical thing that I'm doing, like I said, it's like a medically supervised sort of fasting thing. I'm, I'm on a system called OptiFast. Some of you may know what that is, but basically I drink four shakes a day. They have 225 calories each. And so I'm living off of no food for the most part. Um, you're supposed to be none. I'll, I'll get into that, you know, but, uh, no food, 900 calories a day. And I'm still running around doing everything. Like a lot of people in this program are larger. I'm not going to say any names or anything like that, but there's like, they're like large people, I guess like me, but they seem to be people who are like just stuck at home. So it's like, great. If you're not doing anything, you know, then yeah, losing, you know, go operating on less calories, burning the fat you got. Cool. At this point too, I'm, I'm three weeks in and I'm, I'm, you know, 20, 20, 21 pounds down. So I'm, I'm at about a pound a day loss, but there's a few, um, uh, a few, uh, little sidesteps that I've done. And I talked to my doctor, right? So the whole idea is they're like, we're trying to get you into ketosis, right? No carbs or insanely low carbs. So 
I asked my doctor, I said, listen, like after a few days, I'm like, oh, this is killing me. I, I get then This is a story for a few episodes past, but effectively what's been happening is I cheat, but I cheat, um, within the realm of the same amount of calories as a shake and still keto. And this last week I tried a keto pizza, like a keto frozen pizza I bought from Costco. Disgusting. Right. So for anyone who doesn't know keto, it's, it's like no carb, but, but some people have a hard time understanding what carbs are. Carbs are like, it's not just sugar, right? It's, it's like wheat, right? You know, so like rice is carbs, bread is carbs, fucking potatoes are carbs, right? So like a lot of my favorite things, fucking, you know, home fries at breakfast and, and, and pizza, you know, that that's out, that's gone, baby, gone, baby, gone. Uh, so keto pizzas, like they'll use like almond flour. The, the ones I bought from Costco were using flax, flax powder. Holy fuck. If you've ever tasted a flax seed, it's like, you know, oily and stuff like that. So the crust was so weird. It was like a thick, awkward tasting, uh, pita bread almost. And you're chewing and it's just so chewy, chewy. It's almost, it's so hard. It's so hard to describe. You know what I mean? I've had gluten-free stuff before and it wasn't the same, like anything where you just, you just, yeah, no carbs. It's all a lot of fat and stuff and protein. You're like, Bleh. um, but last night on my way home from a gig, I had, um, I had a keto pizza from Milano's, which they use like almond flour, uh, infinitely better. You can still taste it. was, a, it wasn't, wasn't bread, but holy shit, it was much better. So I'm, I'm, when I'm doing these cheats, just know that I'm sticking with keto all right. Cause that's the whole idea is you're burning, your body's burning fat because it has no access to carbs to burn. Um, I'm drinking black coffees and, and all sorts of other shit, but I'll tell you about all of that stuff, you know, in episodes that, that should have been out already. So, um, yeah, I'm just giving you a heads up that I'm noticing that I'm getting hangry a lot. So when I'm doing these shakes, I'll do, you know, good in the morning when I wake up and usually one, a couple hours after I've woken up, do some paperwork, some emails, whatever. But uh, one of the issues I'm having is, you know, once I start running around the day and I didn't bring my little shaker cup with me and my things, I start to get hungry and I'm also going in and out of restaurants, right? A lot of them are like, Hey, you want some free, you know, want a free slice of pizza or free. I'm like, fuck, I would love that. I can't, I can't ah, come on. I'm like, no, literally I, I, and then I, I have to fucking explain myself all the time. Um, which is frustrating. It's frustrating. Um, right. Like when you're trying not to think about food and you're like, Oh no, I just, everywhere I go, I have to explain to people like I can't eat. Oh, why not? Like. Okay, well, it's like I'm, it's like I'm on this like this fast shit. Ah, you could take like one day. No, it's medically supervised. Like you know, it's it's oh, like really, like what's the, the like? I just I I don't have 15 minutes to have this conversation. I appreciate the offer. Please trust me when I say no. Like, please, strange person who's being kind, like respect the fact that I'm I'm saying no and I can't. Um, but yeah, I'm driving around a lot and I find myself at the end of the day getting hangry, hangry. I was never I'm a fat fuck who eats quite often. So like knowing that like that starving feeling. And getting frustrated and angry and like, I have no patience. Um, not to mention that's mixed in with like 900 calories a day. So I'm already like tired and I'm, and, and exhausted. Um, definitely a short fuse, definitely a short fuse. So doing these, these skip things, I'm noticing that like, um, I have, I have a route list and I actually pay for a software that I put all of this stuff into and it organizes the best, best, more, most efficient routes for me. Cause when I get these lists, they're just a mishmash of, of stuff. You know, I can have the same mall with the same address five times in the list, but the list itself, when it's given to me is, it's got them all broken up. So I put them into a software. So I'm not driving all over the city and then going back to places I already was. Um, it has worked for a very long time. This month was the biggest shit show on it. Because, um, while I recognize a lot of the big artery streets and things like that, there's been a lot of like little side streets and stuff where you're like, that's fine. There's convenience stores, little pizza plazas and stuff like that in neighborhoods where streets, I don't know. Well, this time it's 
it's completely fucked. It's all over the map. It's got me going back and forth. Things that don't make sense. It had me drive across the city to one place and then go all the way back to another one because I didn't know the road. Guys, literally one of them was like across the street from Crystal's house on a side street. We don't know. And it was a house. It was like some guy selling snacks out of his house. So, um, understand like I'm knocking on the door. There's nobody there to put a fucking skip thing up in their window, you know, and I get paid if the decal goes up. So for me to drive 30 minutes across the city going, Oh, I don't know the name of the street. And you know, all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I guess uh, whatever it's, it's nitty gritty stuff. So on top of the frustration of that, the being hungry, being angry, like, fuck me. I've been, I've been miserable at times. I try not to take it out on anybody, but, but I do not have the patience to not only explain shit for the millionth time, but then have to repeat it because I'm on the phone and the fucking signals cutting out. And you know, it's just like, it's just, you, you recognize how thin your patience is, you know, like I said, I'm not telling anyone to fuck off or anything, but like, you better believe all that profanity and anger is coming out of me when I'm alone in the car, you know, fucking just losing my shit. I've screamed outright a few times just at the stupidity of what's going on. So, um, I'm happy to be doing it again. Like I said, everything's short when you're, when you're tired and hungry and have no energy. Holy shit. And I'm doing this for 12 weeks, guys. November 30th is the last day that I'm like supposed to be purely on shakes. If I wasn't cheating a little bit, holy fuck, I might be down like three or four more pounds, but holy shit, would I be like, I don't know, really hard, really hard to describe, really hard to describe, but did the Amazon gig, did the skip gig. Um, I did this Canadian tire gig where Canadian tire celebrating their hundredth uh, anniversary and they hired us to, uh, record these videos where we're basically putting five envelopes into an area and the video shows kind of where all five envelopes are. And then a big landmark in whatever city. And it's, it's a hundred dollars, uh, Canadian tire money bill. So for any American listeners, um, Canadian tire is a, it's sort of like a home Depot, Walmart kind of hybrid. Um, you know, they've got food and, 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 uh, and like appliance sections and plates and like they they try to be everything, but they, you know, started as more of a home Depot parts source, that kind of thing. Um, but it's their hundredth anniversary and they do their own currency. Um, so it's kind of like, Hey, buy here. And then every now and again, they'll hand you, it was the goofiest stuff. Cause it could be like one penny bills where it's like, you know, that's going to cost more to make than, than a penny, but it's just kind of like loyalty money where it's like, you know, you'd buy something and they'd be, you know, they'd give you, you know, buy something for 10 bucks to give you three cents Canadian tire money. You're like, Oh, and yeah, on top of it. Right. So it was like an incentive, little bonus coupons, whatever. Um, they've, they've changed everything to digital now and whatnot, but for their hundredth anniversary, they released these limited edition $100 bills. And the, the job I was doing was to put these bills in an envelope, go to the landmark that they've given me in Ottawa and in the Gatineau side, post the, the envelopes on things. And then, um, you know, and then they and take a video of it and then they put it on TikTok and sort of love you there. It's kind of like a little like live city scavenger hunt. So I did that a couple of times this week. I did one in Ottawa near the Canadian tire center, which is where the, uh, Ottawa senators play. So if you're like, Oh, Canadian tire center, again, as someone outside of the country, yeah, that's. That's how big Canadian Tire is. They can afford to put their name on uh, on the uh, you know the arena where the Sens play. Um, yeah, I did another one in Gatineau at Gatineau Park. That one was way more difficult, and the bugs were bad. Um, but yeah, you take a video, submit it. They tell you yay or nay, and then on with that. That was one of the things I did. I also 
Let's see here. I was also doing uh, some Hisense decals in Costco. So Hisense is a TV uh, manufacturer. I've um, heard of them a little bit, but uh, they are the official sponsor of like FIFA 2022 or 2023, whatever the hell that is. Um, and they had me, you know, a few weeks back doing them in Walmarts, going in, slapping some some decals on the TVs and these like little side banner things. Like it's stick it to the side of the TV and it's got all these facts and, and, and tech specs and things like that, um, which is easy peasy. Right. Just jump into a Costco, slap, 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 take a few pictures, get the fuck out of there. Easy peasy. Um, that was another thing I did. Um, and I had them peppered in with the Amazon stuff and the skip the dishes stuff. So it was kind of like, what area am I in? Oh, is there a Costco in this area? That's on my list. Bang, bang. Um, and I've got one left to do next month in Kingston. So on my way to Toronto, I will be doing that. Um, and finally the last gig type gig that I did in marketing was I, I did a tasting over the weekend for a company called green press, uh, juice. It's a Toronto based company and it's all like organic ingredients and it's all cold pressed juices. Now, if you're like me and you've heard of cold pressed juices, but you don't really know what the fuck it is shy of the name, you might be like, okay, if they press it when it's cold or the, the, the press itself is cold. The whole idea with cold pressing, if you didn't know, uh, I found out is that, when you're juicing something like the old school method, like blending it, like smoothies and things like that, where you're blending and it's spinning on blades, um, anything that heats up creates friction um, that can destroy, that can and does destroy the uh, a lot of the enzymes in in fruits and vegetables, um, which are some of the stuff that's good for you. Um, so you're not getting the most out of it. So if you're paying for all these ingredients and then you're destroying shit in the process, it's almost like it's almost like a type of pasteurization, right? Like the whole idea with, with pasteurization is they they boil the milk and stuff like that and it kills all the bacteria or whatever. It's been pasteurized. Um, um, but, uh, that's the same sort of idea with, uh, with the juices and stuff is certain things get destroyed, uh, that are good for you in the process. So these juices were cool. They had a lot of different kinds. Um, uh, I was doing the tasting. I, I, I couldn't taste it. A lot of people were like, Hey, have you tried it? What you, which one's your favorite? And I'm like, I can't try them. They're full of sugar. They're not keto. You know what I mean? So again, like kind of staring at stuff that everyone's like, Oh, these are really good. And da-da-da. they're like $10 each, but just the whole idea that it was like all this, this, uh, you know, good stuff that I would love to try sitting in front of me for free. They even let me take some home, you know, which again would be great to try these free $10 drinks. I just can't right now. Um, didn't make me hangry or anything like that. It's just one of those, eh, you know, it's just showing discipline that I can be in front of that stuff all the time and, uh, and not worried about it, but I would definitely take a, take a look if you're Canadian. Um, uh, and in Ontario, I don't know if they, they ship outside of Ontario, the shelf life on them is only like seven or eight days. Um, and the reason being is that there's no preservatives. It's literally like cold pressed organic juice in a bottle. Bang. Good for you. Like you start putting preservatives and shit like that in and you start, you know, uh, bastardizing it a little bit. Uh, what is it? Adultering, um, a little bit in the sense that it's just, it's just not being uh, true to what it's supposed to be. And especially if you're paying 10 bucks for it, like you don't need to put preservatives in there. Just squeeze it, bottle it, send it to me. I'll buy it off the shelf. Um, bang, bang. All right. So what else did I do this week? Um, I, uh, let's, let's go to the stuff I watched. Then I'll do some other stuff that I did and then we'll, we'll bring it home with a fun little thing I wanted to read for you guys. So what are we at here? 17 minutes. I'm still going to be, I'm going to need to talk more <laughs> or, or it'll be a shorter one. Fuck it. I'll just be, Hey, I'm back. Yada, yada. So all of those running around now, as much as I, I blazed over them, oh yeah, Canadian tire gigs, get the dishes, Amazon, green juice, high sense. Like that's a lot of fucking stuff to be doing, uh, during the week, just for the record. Um, I also, um, I started watching, uh, Nate, uh, Nate Bargatze special. I watched the Tennessee kid, which I thought was pretty good. If you don't know Nate Bargatze, he's a Southern guy. He's got this really great cadence and the way he talks sort of a, a simple Southern accent. 
Um, but the Tennessee kid was the one I watched and he just put one out not too long ago called the greatest average American. Um, so I would definitely suggest taking out Nate, uh, Bargatze specials. Um, never worked with Nate, never met Nate. Um, but I, I was just like, yeah, I've heard his stuff on like, again, all the driving I was doing. Um, I hear his stuff, uh, through Sirius XM, but it's just like little five, six minute clips of it. Right. So I was like, fuck it. I want to, I want to listen to this guy. He's funny. I know he's got two specials on Netflix. So, uh, I got the first one watched and I started, and I mean, I maybe got like 10 minutes into the greatest average American, but then I fell asleep. Um, so I would definitely suggest that guys take a, take a peek at that one. Um, I also started watching, uh, another one that I started watching and fell asleep to, uh, is that, uh, Pocahontas versus predator movie. Um, it's actually called prey, but I thought all of them are whatever versus predator. And it was basically that sums up the movie way better than prey. Uh, cause everybody in a predator movie is prey, but, uh, this is, this is a, uh, native American, I believe, uh, you know, uh, with a, with a bow and arrow trying to kill a predator and a predator trying to kill her. It's basically like another kind of version of, uh, I'm playing a game too called event horizon. What is it? Event horizon. Sorry. Horizon, uh, forbidden West. I'm playing the second one. And that's sort of the same idea. It's like avatar where it's like, you know, simple people fighting advanced machines, but that's all the same vein. Pocahontas versus predator horizon fucking avatar. It's all the same shit. Uh, I heard great things. I'd heard of this prey movie. A bunch of people were like, Oh, prey. It's this action movie. But the longest time. And I didn't even know it was a predator movie. I was just like, oh, there's this fucking movie everyone's talking about called Prey. Like, you know, and I saw trailers, little parts of it where it was, you know, uh, simple, simple, you know, early civilization people, you know, with bows and arrows. I was like, oh, okay, that could be cool. And then it's like, oh, it's a Predator movie. I'm like, okay, I'm in. I'll, I'll watch a Predator movie. I don't give a fuck. Um, but uh, yeah, it's called Prey. I prefer my name, Pocahontas versus Predator. One of the reasons I fell asleep is I smoked a little pot uh, before bed. And then I'm sitting there giggling at myself, uh, rewinding it several times. Cause I have no idea what's going on. And then just laughing at me calling it Pocahontas versus predator. Um, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was that. If you've watched it, tell me what you think. Send me an email, contact the one I would love to hear from you guys. It's been a minute. Um, I also started the show. Crystal and I started watching Dahmer. Dahmer came out and it was like, uh, I guess it's a several part series of Jeffrey Dahmer. It's got the kid in it. I think his name's Evan Peters. I could be wrong, but he, you know, plays Quicksilver in the Marvel X-Men movies. He was in American Horror Story for several seasons. I think he's a, you know, he was also in Kick-Ass as a side character. I think he's a good dude. Uh, I like seeing the stuff he's in. He portrays, I, I mean, I, I didn't know Dahmer. I haven't seen much on him, but I know he's a dude who eats people. And the first episode was a little intense. Crystal and I watched the first one and she's like, I'd like to keep watching it. I was like, ah, you know what? I think I'm out. It was, um... To me, it didn't tell me much of the story as much as it was just a really long, gruesome episode about him attempting to try to kill this guy. And, you know, he kept saying weird things like, I want to hear your heart. And the guy's like, why? And he's like, oh, cause I'm going to eat it. And then it just stayed like, it, it just, it just stayed like, it wasn't like maybe the guy didn't believe that he was serious or whatever. Like he was already afraid, but like that didn't make him dart for the door or anything. Anyway, I just, it was, it was just a lot of gross stuff. It showed a lot of you know, the stuff that he was hiding in his freezer and like not talking about it's not like something, you know, there's, there's certain ways to do gore and intense shit in movies that, you know, but you don't have to see it. You know, you can have the camera behind a freezer. They open it up. Now all you see is the top of the freezer and the person's face and you see from their face what they found. Then later they, they rhyme off a list of shit they found. Or is this like they're, they're pulling, like there's a part of it where they're, they're saying, oh, here's what we found. And as the cops reading it, it's like his narrated voice 
over them pulling this shit out and showing you the bag of it. And it was just, it's a, it was just a bit much. It was like that movie I told you about called, uh, I think it was called open house where there's literally a killer breaking a woman's fingers one by one. And you watch every snap, you hear her crying. She's absolutely innocent, does not deserve this treatment. You could even have the sound, like have the sound away, you know, it's like snap. And then maybe show him grab the second finger and you're like, all right, I get it. He's going to do it again. Come back. Her hands all mangled. That movie forced you to listen to every one of her finger snap way too long of a pause. It wasn't like he went from one to the other. It was like snaps one, then there's crying, there's begging, like the just the torturous stuff I don't need to hear. And then breaks another one and then crying, begging, da 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 30 seconds to a minute and snap another one. Like, okay, I get it. He's breaking all of her fingers. She doesn't like it. She's crying. She's begging for it. They're begging, you know, for her life. Just, I don't need to see that. And again, this is a woman who's, and this is a movie that has no resolution either. That movie just start to finish. It's like, oh, some guy's haunting these people and, and treating them like shit. Oh my God. He tries to kill them. And then he does. And then he just goes on to the next house. Like there was, there was no arc to it as far as I was concerned. Oh, I'm getting a phone call from old Jimmy Stevenson. I haven't chatted with him in a while, but you right back gang. Oh, fuck me right in the bum guys. I just spent like, God knows how much time on the phone. Uh, I got a phone call from Jim. Then I got a phone call from work. Then I got a phone call from another work. Um, it never ends. Never ends, but for you guys, moments passed. Um, I was talking about Dahmer, I think. Yeah, it's gross. Um, it was a little intense for me. Um, maybe it gets better. Um, but I just remember thinking like, eh, I don't need to see it. Like I told you, this guy's busting fingers and stuff. I don't need to like implied scary, implied horror, implied gore, implied uh, uh, violence is fine, right? Like fucking even Tarantino who loves violence you know, pan the camera away when Mr. Blonde cut off the cop's ear. You know what I mean? You know what's happening, you know? And then he's just talking to an ear and he throws it away, but it you, you're not seeing that. Her, and who fucking knows? Maybe it was just, but I, I was going to say, maybe it's just that they just they didn't have the special effects for it or whatever to show it at the time. But you know what? They see the show the ear afterwards. They, they, they could have done something. But I think it was just that, like, you don't need to see absolute horrific shit. You know, you, you get it. You get it. Um, all right. That was the, the shows that I've been watching this week. Um, what else did you do, Joshy? Well, I did a, uh, I, I went to, when I was doing skip, I got to go see, uh, some of my old, uh, Neo kiddos. Um, it was great to see that because they were all like out of uniform, just wearing like jeans or whatever, like shirts that had nothing to do with Neo bright colors. Like it, they just like, like people hanging out. No one really cared. And I was like, ha ha, ha ha. Nobody cares. Also, Neo has all these like, Hey, we're hiring signs up and they're supposed to be like a great, great place to work. Um, maybe in, a maybe in an episode, uh, you know, past, I will let you guys kind of know how that saga came to an end, but Neo, uh, was working me, you know, 60 hours a week. I was salaried for 40. Um, they weren't grateful for it. Um, every time I tried to set boundaries and say like, you know, you guys pay for 40 hours a week, you can pick whenever you want those hours. You can burn me 24 hours straight, but then you're just 24 hours out of your 40. You know, I, I, I really don't care when you use them. It's just that there, there's a cap on them. They're not, uh, you didn't pay for 40 hours and you get me unlimited amount of time every week. Um, but everybody top to bottom, uh, from Neo that I spoke to HR, whatever, uh, none of them respected that. Um, when I was bringing my grievances up towards them, uh, they scheduled three different zoom calls with me all in my day off. And they even recognized in the email when asking me, uh, we know it's on your day off. Is that okay? Like they just never respected, uh, my time. Um, 
And, um, I'll tell you more, but there's a lot more to that, but, uh, but yeah, I'm not with them anymore. And, uh, they seem to be doing infinitely less well, uh, since I left. Um, so, you know, not, uh, no schadenfreude or whatever, but, uh, the companies, the, 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 the product is good, you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who work for that company that are good people. Um, sadly, the, the, uh, staffers and the, the higher ups, Again, I'll tell you another part. You know what? Maybe that's enough to get you interested. You tune into a previous episode. You'll hear what the fuck went down. Motherfuckers. Um, I went to, uh, what did I do? I, I went to the casino. Actually, I'll tell you what. I, uh, I, I did a whiskey tasting in Montreal. Loyal listener and friend of mine, Mark Forrester, uh, who sent in many emails and things over the years. Uh, Mark invited me to, um, Mark asked me if I would host a whiskey tasting for a friend of his who was uh, having a birthday uh, in Montreal. And I, I know I said, absolutely. I, I set a very, uh, what I think reasonable price for a buddy. And, um, and uh, that's what I did. That was a Saturday night thing. So I did my juice tasting in the day, came home, switched up. I even put on like my, uh, my whiskey, I'll call it a whiskey costume. Like I've worn it many times. I haven't, I wore it to one event, but I absolutely love it. It actually has Buffalo trace, um, like logoing all over it. And it was like suspenders. I actually had pants tailored in the old suspender style where it's like buttons. You loop the, the, the little hooks over the buttons in the pants and then bring them up over the top button, button on the front. Uh, great, great looking, looking like old timey bartender with the fucking, the, the, you know, suspenders with Buffalo trace in them. And Buffalo trace is one of the whiskeys we were doing. We're doing a bourbon tasting. So I brought Elijah Craig bullet bourbon and Buffalo trace. Um, everyone seemed to thoroughly enjoy those, uh, those whiskeys. I did a ton of research on them too. Like I know a lot about them, but I did even more research to make sure that I could answer any questions that they may have to do with the brands. Lots of very, very interesting stuff. It was a gentleman named Sam's birthday. He was a great dude. Uh, and everyone who was there, I actually brought uh, whiskey glasses with me in case anyone wanted to buy my, uh, Josh Williams logoed, uh, whiskey glasses, whiskey tasting glasses. And, uh, and almost everyone there did, which was great. I, I didn't expect that, you know? And, uh, and then, you know, the, the next day when I was back in town and feeling bored and whatever, I went to the casino and I blew the whiskey glasses money at the casino, uh, like an idiot. Um, but I've been to the casino twice this week and, uh, and I've lost money both times and, uh, yeah. And I was like, all right, I am done this for a while. I've done this for a while. Not a shitload of money, but more than I would like to have. I think every bit of money you lose in a casino is more than you would like to have. Um, but I think uh, at least at least 200 bucks this week. And that's stupid because I, uh, you know, it shouldn't be spending money. Like basically the 200 bucks is like what I made doing the juice sampling, you know? So uh, they probably gave me like a good $200 worth of inventory to take home, you know, to, to, to give away and stuff like that. So got my money back in that regard, but it's just like, you know, you know, what are you working for to go ahead and throw it away? You know, I thought, ah, I get some free money for the casino. Stupid. So I won't be doing that for a while. I, I gotta get my head a shake and go, all right, no more, no more losing money at the casino. Um, I did a show last night at Moose McGuire's. It's like the Monday absolute comedy satellite room out in Orleans. And, uh, that was interesting. Uh, I haven't done that room. Actually, I did that room not too, too long ago. Had a much better time. But last night, the crowd was weird, man. They were so quiet. Every comic was mentioning how quiet this crowd was. Um, and uh, and then it's so funny because I, like, I thought I was do it, dying a terrible death. But then after the show, a bunch of guys came up and said, oh my God, you were, you were so funny. In fact, while the headliner was on, um, the headliner was, was you know, saying something like, oh, bring Josh back up. And I was like, I'm sitting in the room going, What? They're like, oh, I thought Josh was the headliner. I thought Josh was the headliner. And they're like, he's like, what do you, you thought Josh was the headliner? He's the host. 
And they're like, yeah, but he's great. He's our favorite. And I was like, oh my God, don't stop. Cause it's insult. It's, it's mean to my friend. It'd be like, oh, we thought, you know, and then, um, and then funny enough, after the show, they came out and I was like, I thought that the, I thought I was dying a terrible death on stage. At least it felt that way, but it was a, it was a small crowd. I would say there wasn't more than like 20 people in the crowd. So it's, uh, you know, it's a small intimate room. And sometimes when there's too few people, people are afraid to be the ones laughing or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know how to say it, but every comic, uh, struggled. Some of us won them over at times as did I, but it was, um, it was work. It was work and, uh, did love it, but made some money, went home, uh, smoked a little weed before bed, played, uh, Uno on my PlayStation and then passed out. Hey, living my life. Um, yeah. And I did like skip the dishes stuff all day and things. I got to get ready for my stupid, uh, stupid medical thing. I literally started in 45 minutes. All right. I got to hurry the fuck up. Okay, gang. All right, guys, let me uh, move my laptop over here for a sec. Oh, it's all plugged in. How do I bring this up? I'm going to switch it. Let me see if I can. One second. I'm going to pause this so you guys have some of my bullshit. All right, guys. I got the thing I want in front of me right now. So um, when I was doing my whiskey search, um, they had uh, they had said in this uh, this this one document, of course, ding, um, about uh, how they used to proof down. And that's like the alcohol content of, of uh, whiskey. Well, of alcohol in the States, they call it a proof, right? And a proof is effectively double the percentage. I don't know why they do that. Maybe I'll look that up for another episode, but um, they used to proof down, they call it uh, whiskey from 100. So 50% alcohol, they would proof it down to 86. Um, and then what they're saying is they made it lighter in order to sell it. You know what I mean? Like some people were getting used to like the newer, lighter spirits. And so they're like, oh, let's, let's bring it down from a hundred to 86. And they were saying that that's where the term 86 come from. Like when, when, you know how, like you hear it in restaurants, like, oh, 86, that it means it's like not longer available or get it out of here. Like 86 means usually means it's gone. So they were saying the term 86 means it came from, you know, uh, the whiskey, industry trying to sell whiskey, they'd proof it down from 100 to 86. But I'd also heard that, that, you know, 86 is like the length of a grave, right? Like eight feet long and six, six feet deep. Um, so that's what 86 come from. Oh, that thing, it's not here anymore. It's dead. It's 86. So I was like, okay, well, where does the term 86 is a lot of people like to think that they came up with the the term, you know, or not that they, but, but that the term came from maybe their industry or whatever. Right. So, um, I wanted to know, uh, where does the term 86 come from? So there's an article on ask George, cause it was the first thing I found. A lot of them were like, would only pick one. They all seem to agree that it, it's a restaurant term used frequently, but, uh, where did it come from? So now you get to hear me read out loud. So it says, ask George, where did the term 86 come from? Uh, we've all heard the term 86 indicating that a restaurant is out of something. Where did the term originate? Jason R. St. Louis. I guess that's the guy asking editors note. This article was updated from an earlier version. Okay, great. When I first asked the same question, I was told that, uh, I was told this, that the standard height of a door frame was eight feet, six inches. And when an obnoxious guest was shown the door, he was 86 makes sense that pacified me until I later heard that it took 86 ladles to empty a pot of soup on an army mess line after the number of ladles, the soup was 86. Uh, then I did some research and realized the genesis of the term isn't clear at all. First, another soup pot reference. The term originated in the soup kitchens of the great depression where the standard pot held 85 cups of soup. So the 86th person was out of luck. Uh, many say the term has military roots. The term originated during the Korean war, a reference to the F 86 jet, uh, fighter jet. Uh, when an F 86 shot down an empty enemy plane, it was 86. 
See, that's the thing. I, I find this awful, or sorry, awful, interesting when I read it because it makes a lot of sense. Uh, every one of them makes sense, right? The United States uh, also has a uniform code of military justice that has an Article 80 sense, uh, sorry, 86 absence without leave, aka AWOL, right? So if someone's gone, it's, they're 86. Uh, the term was derived from military shorthand. Rotary phones had T on the eight key and O on the six key. So to throw out TO something, it was to 86 it. Or it might have originated, uh, originally been a bartender's term. Alcohol in the Old West was 100 proof. When a patron would get too drunk, the barkeeper would serve him a less potent 86 proof liquor, thereby 86ing him. The term may have come from Old 86, a popular shaving powder in the old days. A pinch of that in a rowdy cowboy's drink apparently would have him heading for the door. Perhaps its origins lie, sorry, perhaps its origin lies in New York. Many stories back this up. There was a speakeasy bar at 86 Bedford Street in Greenwich Village called Chumley's with no address on the door and several hidden exits. When the heat showed up, guests were known to 86 it or remove themselves from the premises immediately. In the days before, a safety fence was installed on the observation deck of the Empire State Building. People would commit suicide jumping from it. The deck was on the 86th floor. Apparently, there was a local code in New York, Code 86, that made it a crime for bartenders to serve drunken patrons. The bartenders would tell such patrons that, uh, sorry, they'd been 86 uh, one of the elevated trains in New York terminal, sorry, in New York terminated at 86th street, at which point the conductor would toss any drunks who had passed out on board. The conductor began calling them 86s. Uh, some say it started in the 86th precinct of a New York city police department, supposedly when officers in other precincts made repeated mistakes, the threat of being sent out to the mean and shorthanded 86th was enough to make them straighten up. Others say it originated in uh, Delmonico's restaurant in New York City. Number 86 on their menu was a steak, the most popular item on the menu and one that often sold out. The term morphed into shorthand for being out of any item. Uh, or was it a filmmaker's term? Light filters are categorized by numbers, the darker filter being a number 85. The mythical 86 filter would therefore be totally dark and completely negate the image being photographed 86 it. Uh, there are those who claim the term refers to 86 inches, the standard depth of a grave in the U S so, okay, sorry, it's not eight by six. It's, it's 86 inches deep U S. So it, so to 86, something is to bury it. Uh, perhaps it was a hand, oh, sorry, a holdover from the days when news was delivered via teletype. Uh, to expedite the, this process, coded numbers were used for common actions. A 30 indicated a completed story, for example. Apparently, when a story slash item was sent in error or should be discarded, the number 86 was used. Explanations even stretch as far as the electric, electrical industry, where devices had numbers. A 27 was an under-voltage relay. 43 was a selector switch, and an 86 was a trip and lockout device. Uh, so an 86 operation meant that affected piece of equipment was out of service. Another theory says that the term originated with the number codes used by soda jerks. I don't know what a soda jerk is. 86 was the code indicating they were out of an item. All right. Uh, and the list goes on. So if anyone knows where the term 86 originated, tell them what I tell people. I don't really know, but there are about 86 theories. All right. So that was a cool little article I found. I only got like halfway through it, but I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to share it with uh, the listeners. I think that's interesting. And, uh, let you guys know, uh, what's going on with it. You know, maybe, maybe you think you knew, right. We all, we all have heard the term. I think uh, I've heard Gordon Ramsay say it a million times. Probably the first time I I'd heard it. And then working in restaurants and stuff like that, you hear 86, uh, it's 86. So I was like, okay, restaurant term, but where did it come from? 
All right, I was moving my laptop back in my way. 37 minutes. This episode is going to be short. Or is it? Um, I got to get shit done. So hopefully it is short. Hopefully it's short. Um, plugs, guys. Plugs. Listen, I'm headlining Absolute Comedy in Toronto, October 11th to 16th. So if you're in the Toronto area, you listen to my podcast, I will be there. Your boy will be there slanging jokes with my good buddy, Chris Kingsbury. So I might bring the podcast equipment with me, sit down and do an episode with him, uh, have him as my co-pilot because we'll record it Tuesday, which is literally actually, you know what? That's the day we're driving down. I might have to record it Monday and there'd be no Chris. So maybe not, but, uh, but Chris is a good dude. I love Chris very much. And, um, I hope to see you guys out in Toronto. If you want tickets, go to absolutecomedy.com. Remember I'm in Toronto, October 11th through the 16th. Uh, it'd be great to see you guys out there. Um, coming up this week, I am doing an event. Um, in fact, it's taking up a shitload of my time today, even though it's not supposed to, I'm not supposed to be doing anything until tomorrow until tomorrow. And, um, these guys have me, um, okay. So it's a, it's a, it's a thing called, um, treat accessibility. So I got, I mean, with me, when it comes to gigs, they don't tell you much when you apply. They're just kind of like the basics. Hey, we need somebody to show up, hand out treats to kids. Groovy can do that. I've since upgraded to like the project coordinator, uh, for the thing. I call it errand monkey because these people who are running this event, uh, it's, it's happening all over Canada and, um, they, you know, they, they're not here in the days leading up to it. So they need someone who they can count on to get shit done. And that's uh, your boy here. So what the event is, and as soon as I heard about it, I was like, oh, why did I never think of that? It's, uh, it's for kids with disabilities, um, to be able to do trick or treating, right? So if you're, you know, think about it, you know, if you got steps to your house, uh, yeah, you give out candy, put your light on, you have a great time with kiddos. There's some kiddos who, you know, can't make it up the steps. I've struggled with that. So this initiative is kind of like it, what they do is they, they basically I don't you rent a neighborhood. You can't do that. You, you, you find a neighborhood that's willing to participate. And what they do is they have a, a an event during the day on a Saturday. At least that's what I think they're all on Saturdays. Um, this one certainly is October 1st here in Ottawa. Um, you can check out their website, which I didn't write down. Good for me, but just type in treat accessibility, you know, Ottawa or whatever it is. Um, it's, it's uh, sponsored partnered, uh, by uh, Canadian tire. And, uh, there's another one on there that I can't remember. Oh, Remax. So they're starting to get some traction. So they've done this for a few years now. Um, it's my first time hearing about it, but the whole idea is, um, you have a neighborhood where everybody's basically giving out candy, like at their driveways or at, at the, the sidewalk. So everyone can come by and get some, right. You're not asking people to go up your wacky driveway, staircase, whatever it may be, right. You're basically saying, Hey, we're making trick or treating accessible for you. So it's a great day of stuff like that. But then they also have signs that you can put on your lawn, effectively letting people know like, Hey, we, you know, we're, we're participating in this accessible Halloween. So instead of sitting on your couch, you know, uh, watching horror movies or whatever you're doing, you, you set up a table in your driveway. You know what I mean? Or, or down by the, the, the walkway and, and, you know, you, you're there, people can come by and, and it's, it's equal. Like you guys know me. I'm not, I'm not the guy who's just going to like, Oh, everybody whining about something's got to get something, but fuck it's kids. It's kids at Halloween. You know what I mean? Um, I'm sure there's kids with disabilities who get left out of enough, enough things that like really, you know, on a nice night like that, you know, put a jacket on. There's lots of people who sit on their porch and hand out the candy. They just like watching people go by. So it's just about moving it down to make things a little bit easier, a little more inclusive. And I, I do think that that is reasonable enough. And if you guys are like me, hearing me say this now, I'm like, holy fuck, I didn't, that never occurred to me. And that does seem incredibly reasonable and easy. Um, and, and, you know, like you literally guys, there's so much fucking crazy shit in this world. And I know that there's good people out there, you know, um, 
I'm just saying like, sometimes it seems like we go really crazy trying to make everything fair in life. And, and we all should know by now life isn't fair. However, some adjustments can be made that don't really take a whole lot and it, and it can really make somebody feel special. You know what I mean? Like equal. It doesn't make them feel like necessarily like, oh, here's, here's us all bending over backwards for you. But it's like, Hey, I can give out candy at the end of my driveway and everybody can get it the same way. You know what I mean? I don't know. I thought, I thought, you know, of all the things that we're doing, that's one, that's an adjustment that could be made. That isn't, you know, you changing your whole life. You don't have to learn fucking new terminology and anything. You just, you're just making it easy for everybody to, to come get some candy right on fucking Halloween. All right. You fucking cocksuckers. Okay. So it's called treat accessibility. Uh, we're doing it here in Ottawa, October 1st. Uh, I get to do it with Crystal. Crystal's helping me out with it. She's going to take in a gig too. So we're going to be doing this event together. I'm, I'm so excited to have her with me. She thinks it's a great uh, thing. Um, as some of you know, Crystal uh, works for a not-for-profit for people with disabilities. So it's a great initiative. Um, they're going to be talking about it at their work, maybe bringing a bunch of people out. But it happens during the day, October 1st, in a, in a neighborhood out in Stittsville here in Ottawa. So feel free to... Um, Feel free to just Google treat accessibility, Ottawa or wherever. I thought I would throw this out there for those of you listening in other parts of the country. Uh, I know I've got great people everywhere. So just a heads up, it's actually happening in Halifax on October 2nd. So a Sunday, um, it'll be on tr- Toronto, October 15th, Hamilton, October 16th, Surrey, British Columbia, October 22nd, Calgary, uh, in on October 23rd, as well as St. Albert, Alberta on the 23rd. Uh, so this is all leading up to Halloween, of course, on the 31st, but if you live in any of those, those areas and you want to kind of see what the event is, the event itself is, is not just like, Hey, it's, it's just a Halloween day or whatever. They've got, um, entertainers, they've got DJs, they've got all sorts of people in costume. The reps are all in costume. Candy's free. Um, you know, uh, quite, quite the event that they're putting on. And it's all about, of course, an inclusivity. So, um, check it out if you're interested. Uh, that's what I'm going to be doing for the remainder of this week is I'm going to be the errand monkey getting everything ready. And then of course on Saturday, I'll be, I'll be doing it. Um, looking forward to it. All right. So we're at the 44 minute mark. This one's gonna be a little bit shorter guys. Um, I apologize. I just have way too many fucking things to do right now. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a busy man. I'm a busy man. Um, also I need to have another fucking shake, man. These fucking shakes. Um, so yeah, I'm sorry for have been uh, up and down guys, but hopefully everything is out of the way now and I can just keep doing this on the regular basis because I love you guys. I miss you guys. I miss having a, a public outlet. Um, I'm back to doing different things all the time. Uh, apparently not, uh, too different cause I'm still hiccuping into the fucking mic. Um, don't have a drink. Otherwise I'd slurp it for you. Let you know everything's the same. Uh, I'm on, I'm on, uh, <laughs> different meds now. So uh, yawning may not be a thing in the middle of the day, but overall guys, I'm, uh, I'm happy to have got this podcast done. I was worried I wouldn't get it done. I was, I was so close to getting it done last week. And then it was like Wednesday and I was like, oh, I'm already late. And then bang, 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 here we are. So, um, I'm gonna try to leave all this setup done and see if I can get another one banged out in the morning to, uh, to make up for it. But, uh, love you guys. I'm sorry to be playing this game with you and, and, and toying with your, your hearts. Um, I promise, I promise, I promise to do everything in my power to put you guys, uh, as a higher priority. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more in the, the, the episodes I missed about kind of what was going on and, uh, and look forward to sharing that stuff with you guys. All right. In the meantime, I will talk with you guys. You guys know the deal at this point, huh? Right. Come up, uh, send me an email. Let me know what's going on with you. Contact the one man podcast.com. And, uh, I, you know, I hope to get some emails. I'll read them, uh, you know, on the air as, as I do. Um, and I look forward to talking with you again soon. <laughs>